I would uh, agree 100% with Matthew when he said uh, communion is, uh, without a doubt, the highlight of the week. That should definitely uh, be our highlight. So good job, Matthew. We definitely agree with that. Um, Welcome back to another week of the Bible Poison Control Center. And if you're new with us this week, uh, the Bible Poison Control Center is actually located right here at Huntsville Christian Church. And uh, actually throughout the month of September, uh, we're going to be unveiling some of the groundbreaking uh, research that we've discovered about life and what it and um and what God and the Bible have to say about it. So, um, thanks for coming back. If if uh, you're um, if you've been coming for this month, um, I'm actually humbled to to be here and, and share some of the research that our team of of dedicated research researchers have been working on. Um, and if you're not familiar with the Bible Poison Control Center, we have of course have Fat Rock, which he's our senior minister. And last week, um, we actually introduced everyone. His pictures up here, Doctor Obvious. Um, he's on staff with us as well. And um, Usually John's up here and he presents the, the results and the re- from the research that we've done. Uh, but this week he's actually out um, doing field research for next week's message. Um, so yeah, just keep praying for me. It's, it's just groundbreaking. You guys are going to be blown away. Um, it's awesome. So this morning I'll be sharing the research that our hardworking team has come up with concerning radioactive relationships. We have found that radioactive relationships can come in many forms. Um, as people, we not only have radioactive relationships with other people, but we have radioactive relationships with the church. We also have radioactive relationships with God. And um, something we've been doing with our youth group last week, we, uh, we've been talking a lot about relationships as we started up youth group last week. And, and we just talked about this idea that we are relational people. We, we, um, we're made in the image of God, so we desire to have relationships. And um, so... It just kind of happens that I'm actually speaking on that today as well. So, um, so now when I talk about radioactive relationships with people, I'm talking about loving unhealthy people and not getting sick. And just kind of to clar- clarify it, our friend in the orange chute um, can show us exactly what I mean about this. So now kind of clarifies it when we say loving unhealthy people and not getting sick. Um, In the book of Acts, we see the missionary Paul handled a potential radioactive relationship. If you have your Bibles this morning with you, um, go ahead and open them up to Acts chapter 16, 16 through 18. Did everyone bring their Bibles with them? Awesome. If you didn't, good luck. I can't believe you trust what I say, but <laughs> I appreciate that. But, uh, we always encourage everyone to bring their Bibles. Open up your Bibles, Acts chapter 16, verses 16 um, through 18. I'm going to be reading, um, reading from. We're going to see um, how Paul loved an unhealthy person. Um, starting in verse 16, once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave, slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She fouled Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. 
At that moment, the Spirit left her. We see Paul has come into, into a town. He's in, he's in Philippi, and this slave girl, she's, she's out of control. She's, she's yelling her head off. She's, she's fouling Paul and the fellow missionaries um, that are with him. Verse 18 says, she kept this up for several days. So imagine this going on for several days. Uh, he, and, and, and I want you to notice what Paul doesn't do, okay? But he, he doesn't turn around and say, hey, I'm doing a seminar on crazy this Saturday, and, and you need to be there. He, he doesn't invite her to Bible study. He doesn't invite her to, to church on Sunday. He doesn't turn around and tell her to go away or leave them alone. And, and he does not appeal to her intellect on any level. He doesn't appeal to her reason. She's, she's irrational at this point. You can't talk to her. She's irrational. And I wonder how many times we've handled a, a situation like this. You know, we go to the grocery store and someone asks us for money or, or food, and we kind of look at them like they aren't there. Maybe some of us, we, we hope they don't see us, and they'll just kind of ignore us, and they'll walk away. We hope they won't ask us for help. We secretly hope that the other person, another person will come along and help them and share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. Maybe another Christian will do that. Maybe another Christian will feel compassion and help them out. We often feel that the homeless man or woman begging for food outside the store is radioactive, when in reality it's actually the Girl Scout cookies you just bought from those girls sitting out this, outside the store are. Look how Paul handles this. In an act of the Holy Spirit power, he rebukes and exercises the spirit that rules her and enslaves her on the inside. In an instant, she finds the this, this salvation she's been demonically mocking all along. The author Stephen Covey writes this about an experience he had on the subway one day. He writes this. He says, I was, I was, ta- I was taking the subway one Sunday morning and reading my newspaper. At the first stop, three young children and their father sat down near me. But the children were so badly behaved, I found it impossible to to enjoy the journey and and read the newspaper. A little upset, I asked their father if he could control their their behavior better. He replied, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry we disturbed you. You see, we have come from the hospital where their mother and my wife has just died. Covey goes on to write this about his immediate mood change from, from irritation to how I can help. You see, with the, slave, with the slave girl, Paul gets to her heart. When he, engages her, when he engages her spiritually, the Holy Spirit grants new birth in repentance. But the deliverance of the gospel takes on, on the context of a personal need. Paul shows how the missionary is willing to become all things to all people, as we read about in 1 Corinthians. And this morning I ask, I ask you the same question. Are you willing to become all things to all people? And you say, what, what do you mean by that? And I, I mean this. I, I remember while I was in Florida doing ministry there, and the church I was a part of there, um, the mission team there supported a motorcycle ministry. They would set up camp at these big, crazy biker events like Bike Week in Daytona Beach and at the big bike rally in Sturgis in South Dakota. And, and if you never heard of anything like us, these bike rallies, but they happen all over the country throughout the year, every year. And uh, most of these events are, are a week long and, and consist of biker shows and different kinds of rallies. But, um, but at night, I guarantee you and I promise you, there's plenty of partying and drinking it's not a, exactly a family-friendly event. 
I also remember being very skeptical about our church supporting a ministry like this. Until one year, I was invited to check out one of the campsites this ministry had set up during one of the bike week events in Daytona Beach. When I went over there, I was blown away by the work that God was doing. The ministry, uh, this ministry was incredible. They would give away free pancake breakfast to anyone who came by. It didn't matter who you were. Uh, At night, the ministry would open up their campsite to anyone who wanted to come by and talk and pray. They would offer free coffee and water and soda and snacks to anyone who wanted. They would give bikers, uh, they would give bikers away. And and it was so cool because in so many cases, this biker ministry would head down to the beach to do a baptism once in a while. And over the years, this ministry, um, they've seen some pretty hardcore bikers come to know Jesus Christ. They were doing exactly what Paul told the church to do in 1 Corinthians, becoming all things to all people. I have to warn you, though, becoming all things to all people is risky and at times dangerous. People will look at you funny, but it also takes a high amount of accountability. See, you don't show up at a biker ministry, at one of these camps, ready to, to, to share the gospel without a high amount of accountability from those around you and closest to you. You don't show up at a Christian biker camp ready to share the good news without a high amount of prayer and without lots of people praying for you as you do so. You don't walk down the streets of Philippi in Paul's day proclaiming that Jesus Christ is king without knowing the dangers. In fact, it put Paul in prison on more than one occasion. Including, including if you keep reading in this, uh, book, in this chapter in Acts, immediately after he, he would go to prison. Paul loved the unhealthy person and wasn't afraid of getting sick. Maybe you're here this morning and you have a radioactive relationship with the church. Or chances are you probably know someone that does or has had one. And you say, Andy, what are you talking about? How how can someone have a radioactive relationship with the church? Let me explain. Our team here at the BPCC has found that a radioactive relationship with the church can come in many forms and can look like one of the many of the followings, but it's not limited to this, believe me. Um, Maybe you're late to church all the time. Maybe you don't tithe. Maybe you don't serve. Maybe you don't go to Sunday school. Maybe you gossip, which also can include uh, telling other members of the church how much you don't like the worship or the speaker um, on that morning. No offense taken. (laughs) Maybe you have apathy toward the church. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe you should, maybe you come to church, but you just don't care what happens. You, you just, you don't care. Uh, maybe you come to church with the attitude of, what can the church do for me? Instead of realizing that Jesus Christ did everything for you, including give up his life for you. Ouch. Did the research team do some stepping on toes there? They don't apologize for this. They only reveal the truth of their findings. Ephesians 5.25 says this, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Dr. Avias said, He's God. He's not some of your spouses. He's seen how you treat the church. Here's the point. God gave us his very best. He gave us his perfect son who lived who lived a sinless life and who who died a terrible death and a terrible bloody death on the cross for us. 
That was God's very best. I believe, in turn, we must give God our very best too. What's that look like in the terms of the church? It means we wake up a little bit earlier. We double-check our alarm clocks the night before. We get to church on time, but you say, Andy, I've got kids. They're crazy in the morning. You don't understand. And, and I say, I, I kind of do now. <laughs> we have a six-month-old at home, and, and, and we kind of do everything an hour earlier. So if we plan to do something, we do it an hour earlier. If you have more than one kid, I apologize. Wake up two hours earlier, an hour for, an hour for each child. I don't, you know, do something. <laughs> Do something, you know? And you say, Andy, I like to sleep in. And I would say I do too, but that hasn't happened in about six months. (laughs) God gave us his very best. We need to give him our best. Get to church, Sunday school, on time. Stop making excuses. When I was in the Coast Guard, um, we had this guy that I served with, and he, uh, he was late for everything. He was late to get on time to duty. He was late if the um, search and rescue alarm went off. He was late getting down to the boat. And we loved him because it, the punishment for being late was you stood watch. You had to stand another person's watch. So this guy was always standing other people's watch. So, so we loved him. And it, it was awesome. Like, I got to sleep more. But, but the, the reality is, him sleeping in was dangerous. It, cost people, it could have cost people their lives. If he didn't get down to the boat and you needed the boat crew, it cost people their lives. That's why it was so serious. We didn't think it was all that much, but it was dangerous. Being late was dangerous doing that. See, when you come to church and, and, and you're late, that could be potentially dangerous. You're hearing a message that could lead you into a life-saving relationship with Jesus Christ. So get here on time. It also means that we don't withhold our tithe because we are upset at something that has happened in the church. You see, God withheld nothing from us, and he sent his son to die. If you're upset... If you're upset at something, you need to schedule a time to talk to an elder or a staff member today. Maybe you're not sure how to tithe. Uh, maybe uh, maybe you're, you're still new to the church and you're just like, I don't, I don't know how to tithe. I would encourage you, look to see what the Bible says, um, to see what the Bible says about tithing. And then go talk to a Sunday school teacher or talk to an elder and see what, see what they have to say about tithing. If you're gossiping about the church or about people inside the church because you're upset about something, you need to handle this head on. I urge you to stop doing this immediately and schedule a time with the, to meet with the person that you're upset with. And, and gossip is so radioactive, there's no room for it inside the church. If you come, if you come to church on Sunday mornings and that's it, you don't serve in any capacity uh, you may have a radio rea- relationship with the church. If that's you, I urge you to plug in. Uh, we have so many opportunities to ser- serve here at HCC and, our, and in around in our community. A couple of weeks ago, John stood up here and he, and he said, hey, we're teaming up with the re- downtown rescue mission. We're taking our trunk or treat. We're doing something crazy. We're taking our trunk or treat. We're going to the downtown rescue mission. You know, what a great opportunity to plug in and serve. Um. It's been, so re- it's been awesome since John made that announcement. I've had so many different people stop by my office. Hey, I, I want to do trunk or tree. I think what you're doing is great. 
And it gives me goosebumps because it's like, that's awesome. Like, I'm, I'm so excited. Like, there, there's people coming to my office that have never done anything. And I'm like, awesome. I'll see you there. I'm putting you to work. <laughs> but if, if you haven't been able to plug in and serve, start off with Trunk or Treat. Uh, we're always looking for help with our Galaxy kids in their Sunday morning classes or during their worship hour. We need help on Sunday nights with our teenagers. We need, help, we need help keeping our facilities looking great. This morning, you guys saw the announcement from John up there. He was outside in one of the gardens. Man, adopt one of those, one of those islands and, and get, you know, make our, make our facil- facilities look awesome. When it comes to serving, always seek the cross. It is there that we see our example for service and sacrifice to others. It is there that we get this power to serve and sacrifice for others. And it is there that we receive forgiveness when we fail in serving and sacrificing to others. I am so thankful we have a forgiving God because the truth is the church has flaws. It's not always run perfect. It's, it's made up of humans and we all know we're messy. It always blows my mind that, that God used a person like Peter to help get the church started and, and off the ground. The fact is that Peter, um, that the fact that even Peter exists always gives me hope. Because Peter is a guy who can never quite figure it out. Not even after the Holy Spirit fills him. Even after the church takes off and starts growing, Paul rebukes him because of his hypocrisy about Gentiles and the Jews coming to dinner. I believe that if Jesus was going to form a, a dream team uh, of the best and brightest, I, I, it just blows my mind that he picked Pete, that he would pick a person like Peter. See, this disciple tends to be hot-headed. He speaks more than he thinks, and he seems generally slow on the uptake, both intellectually and spiritually. But Peter is the dummy on whom Jesus says, on whom he's going to build his church. Matthew sixteen eighteen says this, And I tell you that you, are, that you Peter, And on this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Dr. Obvious reports that even the ministers on staff here aren't perfect, and they too mess up from time to time. I did not put that in there. They told me to put that in (laughs) there. Let's look to the examples of Christ when when it comes to the church. How about your relationship with God? Maybe you have a radio rea- radioactive relationship with God. Maybe you've prayed a, a prayer for healing or to find a job or, or, for, or maybe you prayed a prayer for one of your children and it seems like things are just getting worse. You're at the point of giving up on him and you're questioning whether or not he really exists. I want to encourage you this morning, keep praying, keep having faith. His plan for your life is perfect. Is your, ra- is your radioactive relationship based upon good works you're doing? You're the type of person who doesn't miss a worship service. You're at, you're at every Bible study. If there's a charity that needs help, you're giving them money or, you're, or you're, you're volunteering your time there. If there's an opportunity to serve, you're all over it. And maybe your radioactive relationship is based upon works. Titus 3.5 says this, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. God is saying it's not the work you do. It's a hard issue. And we see this no more than any other time when Jesus is on the cross and next to him hanging is the thief. 
who asks Jesus what he needs to do to get into heaven. I'm doing the Andy translation for you guys. He says, what do I need to do to get into, into heaven? And Jesus says, if you have faith in me, because you have faith in me, you will inherit the kingdom of heaven. You see, the thief, he had no time to do any good works at all. Throughout time, so many different people have had a radioactive relationship with God. As you read through the Old Testament, Adam and Eve started it all. Eve directly disobeyed what the Lord had told her about eating from the fruit. Noah disobeyed God after the flood. Jonah had a radioactive relationship with God when he disobeyed him, and, and um, he disobeyed the order to go to, to Nineveh. King Saul, he disobeyed God several times and even stalked David in an attempt to kill him. Solomon disobeyed God. He married foreign women who then led him to worship, to worship false idols. And the list goes on and on and on. The research team here at the Biblical Poison Control Center has found that it's not just the Old Testament persons that have had a, re- radio re- a radioactive relationship with God. And it's not just the person who, who, who thinks they can do good works to get into heaven. The truth is, we all have a radioactive relationship with God. Romans 3.23 says, If for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The key word here being all. That's every one of us. We all mess up. And we all mess up every day. The lyrics to one of my favorite worship songs reads like this. My flesh may fail. My God, you never will. I may be weak but your spirit's strong in me. Our radioactive relationships make us fail. They make us weak. We crumble with infection if Christ is not the center of our relationships. In March of 2011, an earthquake hit off the coast of Japan, causing one of the largest tsunamis in history. The earthquake and tsunami killed around 16,000 people across Japan. Following the massive earthquake and tsunami, reports started coming in that the Fukushima nuclear power plant had lost power. As time went on, we would soon find that the Fukushima plant had indeed lost power, and three of its reactors, um, and three of its um, reactors had lost power, causing a major nuclear accident. And from what I understand about how nuclear power works, and and uh, is um. The, the rods that, that have the, the nuclear power in it, they need to be kept cool. And, 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 if, and if they're not kept cool, then there's a meltdown or there's an accident. When the power plant lost its power that day, they were unable to, they were unable to keep the, the rods cool, causing the rods to overheat. It was, it was reported that high levels of radioactivity were released over the first six days of the accident. The good news is that that up to this date, there have been no cases of death or radio, radiation sickness because of the accident, but over 100,000 people had to be evacuated to ensure this. When a nuclear power plant melts down or has a major accident, it's dangerous, very dangerous. You can't see the radiation in the air, but it's there. You see, if those people hadn't been evacuated, thousands of people could be dead right now, and thousands more people could be extremely sick with radiation poisoning. And just like those people were evacuated and, and they got out of town to escape the radioactivity, the cure for them was not for them not to get sick was to leave. 
That was the only way for them to not be exposed was to leave and get out. And today, if you have a radioactive relationship and you're scared of getting sick by sharing your faith, or if you're, you have a radioactive relationship with the church, or you have, a, you have a radioactive relationship with God, I'm telling you guys, the only cure for this is Jesus. You see, radioactivity is dangerous. It's not something you want to mess around with or be near. And if not treated carefully, it can get worse and worse. The only cure for this is Jesus. John 14, 16 says this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the only cure. There is no other way. You can't wipe radioactivity, radioactivity off, your, off, your, off you. You can't forget about the radioactive relationships that you have. They have to be treated with a large dose of Jesus. Only he can remove the infection. Maybe you're here today and you know without a doubt you've been exposed to a radioactive relationship. Maybe you're like, I need to be washed clean in the waters of baptism. And as we get ready to do our invitation song, if that's you, I want to encourage you to come forward. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I just need a, a church family that's going to serve the community and love others. And, and you're like, I want, I want a fresh start with, with a church that, that doesn't have radioactive relationships. If that's you, as we do our, our invitation song, I would ask that you come forward as well. Maybe you just need prayer. You, you've had a tough week. It's been a radioactive relation, uh, week for you. And, and things went wrong at work, or you had a tough week at school, or, or whatever it may be, if that's you, our, our elders are here. They want to pray with you. So please stand with us as we stand and sing our um, closing song. Have you found Christ worth living for, worth dying for, worth casting all away for his sake? Examine your own heart. Do you hang out with people who are just like you? Are you timid and fearful when it comes to any opposition in your faith? Are you scared of getting sick from unhealthy people? In the end, are you growing in God or do you have some radioactive relationships in your life? Remember, we're talking about what it looks like to be maturing in Christ. Face those questions with courage and press on. Jesus loves you. Have a great week.